Day two started with the hollow, fluty song of a distant hermit thrush, was followed by the call of the white-throated sparrows that nest in the cedars at the edge of our lake, and then the plunkings and mewings of blue jays joined in, announcing the early morning festivities. A crow soon joined me on my walk, squawking, scolding, or maybe it was warning me. Signs bear witness, give evidence of what or who has passed. But I don't want to only learn the call of birds or tracks in the sand. What I really want to know is what does it all mean, the big and the small? And what is the meaning of me and all that surrounds? Maybe everything means something. The crow is a symbol and its appearance is an omen. Perhaps it means nothing at all. Maybe I'm asking the wrong questions. While good field guides educate and protect us from a lot of foolishness, I can't help but wonder at times at the unexplained, marvel at coincidences, signs the universe might or might not be sending. Most societies have symbols like crows, stop signs, crosses, wedding bands that trigger specific emotions and behaviors in its believers. To newcomers, these symbols and practices appear random, even nonsensical. But in time, a cultural logic begins to emerge and it becomes more clear that information is communicated. In short, a symbol is a secret language. Sometimes we load these symbols with magic powers, obey them, fear and even revere them, swear by them to keep us safe from harm. For example, my aunt, the one who lives in the Swiss mountains, recently told me that when she was little, she would sit on the tall, foot-high threshold that separated the kitchen from the living room in the farmhouse that we both grew up in. Old-fashioned and inconvenient such thresholds were barriers that kept drafts from traveling from room to room. She'd perch there and watch her mom, my grandmother, cook and wash the dishes. She remembers that during a house renovation in the 1950s, the workers pried open that threshold, and inside its hollow cavity, they uncovered a tiny wooden box. In the box, they found a spider. Hundreds of years ago, during the time of the spider's life, my ancestors, the people in the countryside, held a belief that a spider buried in a threshold would ward off the plague, protect mothers, fathers, and their children. As with all superstitions and practices, the theory likely found a spark, maybe passed some test for its trustworthiness or not, was then carried from village to village, 
because we all need to believe in something. A symbol's meaning lives largely inside our heads, and yet, despite lifelong dedication to its study, it only contains a dimly understood capacity to explain experiences, worries, hopes, and dreams. And here lies its danger. If we're too caught up in meaning-making, when we insist and stake our lives on a symbol's inherent truth, despite little proof, when we stare unblinkingly at a symbol, allow ourselves to be locked in by its dogma, tradition, lack of imagination, are reassured or frightened by its promises, we might not notice other more salient ways to navigate the world. There are consequences to being mistaken, to being distracted from what we need to know. In the end, spiders might not end up being that reliable. On my walk through the woods this morning, my brain was teeming with distractions, and I nearly missed when I hopped across a muddy patch, the owl that lives somewhere near that bend in the road. Owls see through darkness, symbol of, among other things, wisdom, always observant and aware. In any case, I almost missed it as it flew above me, sat down on a high branch close to the trunk of a tall maple tree, watching me. I was so pleased that I let out a little whoop and then three hoots in the hopes that it might respond to my invitation as it has done before. But today it remained silent, eventually turned its head and flew away. <laughs>